0: Praise the Lord. It is amazing this morning that some of the songs and the music that we have been listening to deals with a theme that is central to the book of Philippians, and it is the gospel. If you'll take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Philippians, what I want to do this morning is kind of start with an introductory message to the letter to the church at Philippi. Uh, It's interesting when you consider... When you consider Paul's letters to the churches, you know, so oftentimes when we look at churches today and we think of the, the age that we find ourselves in, that what we're experiencing today and difficulties within the church and the difficulties that uh, the church finds itself in today has, is kind of new. Well, let me share something with you. It's not. A matter of fact, the beginning days of the early church, when you go back and you study the history of the early church, You find that even during the days of the early church There were difficulties There was um, despair There was division There was false teaching There were, I mean the list goes on and on and on And so when you come to the church at Philippi Things were not much different uh, at the beginning days of the church at Philippi Matter of fact it was very costly uh, for the Apostle Paul And for Silas at the beginning of the church at Philippi Many of you remember the account in the scripture when Philip and Silas were thrown into prison. Well, guess where they were? They were in Philippi at the beginning days of the early church of Philippi. One of the other things that you find central throughout the book of Philippians is that of joy. And how in the world do you maintain this joy? How in the world do you have this joy uh, that comes from Paul, that Paul writes constantly? He begins in chapter 1 writing about this joy goes all the way through chapter 4 writing about this joy, this joy that comes in his own heart and in his own life regardless of what the circumstances were or where they found themselves. You know, one of the things that I think about today where we are, you know, and I hear people and I understand this, really I do and I hear this a lot, well, you know, things just aren't like they used to be. You're right, they're not. I wonder when things are going to get back to normal. I don't know what normal is or what normal's going to be from this point on. I, I just don't understand why. And, and the questions just go on and on and on. Well, let me share something with you this morning, hopefully, that will encourage your heart. I don't know what the new normal is going to look like. I don't know what's coming for the days of the church. I, I don't know what lies ahead for us as we consider the 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 assemblies of local churches uh, around the world today but i can share this with you and i can let you know there is a message that has not changed from the days of paul even to where we are today and that's the message of the gospel it is still the gospel regardless of whether we find ourselves in this building meeting together as we've always done in the past and let me say something to you this morning when you go back and you read the history of the early church and you read the history of the church where the church has been where the church is today i can tell you this that church today as you think about it and look at it the folks from back in the days of the early church would look at us look at us and wonder what in the world did you do with the church okay because it doesn't look anything like it used to at all I don't know what it's going to be like. I I don't know what's coming, but I can say this. One thing that needs to remain the same and should be the central focus, even of Ascension Baptist Church in the days as we move forward, and it should never be removed from its place of preeminence, and that's the gospel. The gospel is a part of who we are. The gospel should be a part of the very nature of who we are. You know, the church at Philippi was founded by Paul on his second missionary journey. He had been around the area before. But how many of y'all remember the account in the book of Acts of the Macedonian call? Anybody remember that in the book of Acts? If you don't, I'm going to... Good, you didn't raise your hand, so let's go to Acts 16, okay? And let's take a look at it. Acts chapter 16, and then we'll come back to the book of Philippi. Acts chapter 16 gives us the account of the Macedonian vision as well as the beginning days of the church in Philippi. Uh, under the direction and under the beginnings of of Paul himself. Beginning in verse 1 of Acts chapter 16, I want you to notice as we have recorded for us by Luke, and it says, Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra, and a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. And let me share this with you. Yes, this is the same Timothy who wrote, 1st Timothy and I mean uh, who is spoken of in 1st Timothy and 2nd Timothy this is the same Timothy that Paul wrote about that he wrote the letters to 1st Timothy 2nd Timothy all right this is the same Timothy okay and he was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystria and Iconium Paul wanted this man to go with him and he took him and he circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those parts for they all knew that his father was a Greek Now, while they were passing through the cities, they were delivering the decrees which had been decided upon by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem for them to observe. So the churches were being strengthened in the faith, and they were increasing in number daily. They passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, and after they came to Mysia they were trying to go into Bithynia and the spirit of Jesus did not permit them and passing by Mysia they came down to Troas and a vision appeared to Paul in the night a man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying come over to Macedonia and help us and when he had seen the vision immediately we sought to go into Macedonia concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them And so putting out to sea from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samotrache, and on the day following to Neapolis. And from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony, and we were staying in this city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to a riverside, And we were supposing that there would be a place for prayer or of prayer, and we sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled. And a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a cell of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God, was listening, and the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household had been baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay, and she prevailed upon us. It happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us, who was bringing her master's much profit by fortune-telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, These men are bondservants of the Most High God, who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed, and he turned and he said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment, but when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. and when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, "These men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews, and are proclaiming customs which is not lawful for us to accept or to observe being Romans. And then you come to verse twenty two and guess what? they're thrown into prison. And we know the rest of the account of what happened to them after they were thrown into prison and what took place as a result of all of those things. But let's go back to Philippians chapter number 1. And I want us to go through and just from a kind of from an introductory perspective today just look at the book of Philippians and just consider Paul as he shares the writings of the of the of his letter to the church at Philippi. You know what seems to be the purpose behind Paul's letter? You know that's the question that comes to your mind especially after you go through and you read the account in Acts chapter 16 what in the world is Paul's purpose for the letter that he's going to write to the church at at Philippi well I think it has several parts to it according to chapter 4 verse 15 through verse 19 we know that a gift was sent to Paul a gift was sent to Paul and, and 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 he wanted to let them know that he had received that gift But there's also something else to this letter that I think is often missed. It was also sent to encourage and to warn the Philippian believers of things that were taking place, to encourage them in the gospel, but also to warn them of false teachers. Oh yes, there was false teaching that was going on even in the days of the church at Philippi during the days of the early church. It is no different today. There was false teaching going on then, there's false teaching going on now. It takes place. It's been all throughout the days of the church. That's why it's so critical and so important to spend time searching the Scripture, to spend time going back through the Scriptures to hear and to evaluate what you're hearing, whether or not it is the truth, whether or not it is true when it comes to the things of the Word of God because it is so important, especially where we are. What allowed Paul to write this letter to the church at Philippi? He had been thrown into prison at the time of the writing. This is considered to be one of the prison epistles of Paul. And as Paul writes this letter back to the church at Philippi and to begin to encourage them and to share with them, Paul's in prison himself. Paul has been in prison on multiple occasions. It was not something that was new to Paul. Paul was accustomed to being there because of the sake of the gospel. There was nothing any more important to Paul than the gospel. The the gospel was the center of Paul's life, and all that Paul did, matter of fact, every day Paul lived to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. But the question comes down to this. How in the world could Paul, in prison, write such an encouraging letter to the church at Philippi? For us today, in the world that we live in and we find ourselves today, even in the difficulties that we find the church in today, in the the situation that we find ourselves in today, how or can we have joy to be able to still proclaim and to share the gospel with a world out there that so desperately needs the gospel message? You know, we look at the world around us today and we wonder what in the world is happening to it? What, uh, what in the world's taking place in the world today? I will tell you, it's a heart issue. The issue comes down to the heart. There's only one way that that's going to change, and that's for the gospel to find its place into the heart and lives of individuals, for hearts to begin to be changed, and when hearts are changed, then things will change. So, where are we headed today? What is taking place? Well, Go to Philippians chapter 1, and I want you to notice the first eight verses of the letter. As Paul goes through, this is kind of the beginning portion of the letter. It's the salutation of the letter of, as Paul begins to share with them. But there are some things that I want you to notice as we look at this passage and notice what Paul writes. He says, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus. Bondservants. Paul saw himself in that manner. He saw himself as a servant. Matter of fact, more explicit in the Greek, it speaks of being a bond slave of Jesus Christ. There was nothing any more important to Paul than his relationship that he had with Jesus Christ. To all of the saints in Christ, in Christ Jesus, who are in Philippi, including the overseers and the deacons, all of them, he said, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to share with him, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all, because I have you in my heart, since... Both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of grace with me, for God is my witness. How I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. So what can we draw from these verse these first eight verses to allow us to see really where we need to be today, even in light of the difficulties in the world that we find ourselves in? What are some things that we can draw right out of these first eight verses from Paul to show us where we need to be today in our own lives? Well, I think there are three very important ones. The first one is found in verse number four. And notice what Paul says in verse four. He said, I always pray with joy. Notice what he says, always offering prayer with joy. Joy in praying. Do we find joy when we pray? Do we pray with joy? When we offer up our prayers to to the throne of grace, do we offer them up with thanksgiving and joy? Is there joy in our hearts when we pray? Well, the second thing that Paul shares with us is this. It's found in verse number 6. Being confident of this. Look at verse 6. Notice what Paul said. He said, For I am confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. Paul knew that beyond any shadow of a out. He had the absolute confidence of knowing that the work that was started in the hearts of those that were in the church at Philippi, that God would carry it through until the day of Jesus Christ. He knew that. So Paul prayed with joy. Paul had confidence in his, in his own heart and life of the gospel. And then here's the other interesting thing. It's right for me to feel this way. Look at verse number 7. Notice what Paul wrote to them. He said, for it is only right for me to feel this way about you all. It's the way I should feel. It's where he found the church at Philippi. It's what the church at Philippi was a part of. Regardless of how difficult things may have been and how difficult things may have gotten. Matter of fact, Paul's going to deal with an issue in the very opening of this letter in Philippi that was taking place but Paul still found the joy, still found the confidence and said this is the right thing for me to do and this is the right way for me to act because of the gospel. And the question comes down to this today, to us, is how important is the gospel to us? What is the gospel? The death, of burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the only thing that will change hearts and lives. It is what is needed and necessary that we understand when it comes to the gospel and how important the gospel is. People need to hear the gospel. And you say, well, Brother Robert, I, I mean, the gospel just, it just seems like it's every day, it's every hour. My dear friend, as long as people are dying and going to hell without Jesus Christ, the gospel still needs to be proclaimed. And it ought to be a part of our lives and who we are. But let me ask you a question. Do you joy in the gospel? I don't know about you. I do. I joy in the gospel. Why? It changed my life. What will change your life? The gospel will change your life. Do I have the confidence? I have the absolute confidence in knowing that God will complete in me what he started through Jesus Christ until that day when he takes me home. And then at that moment in time, all that I have in Christ will be brought to its absoluteness, when I find myself in the, pres- uh, in the presence of the one who loves me so, so with absolute confidence, just as Paul said, I have the confidence that he will complete what he started in you. And then, number three, it's right for me to feel this way. It's the way we ought to feel, it's the way we ought to be. No matter how difficult things get, what if you found yourself in prison as a result of the gospel? What if we find ourselves today that the churches, we know it, meeting together? And let me say this to you this morning. I hate to tell you this, but let me break some news to you. The church is not dead. The church is still alive today. Matter of fact, the church is still moving on today, and the church will continue to move on either with us or without us. And what I'm talking about is the church I'm talking about the church that is made up of born-again believers in Jesus Christ, the very bride of Christ himself. So that's why Paul, with the absolute confidence and the joy, could write what he's writing to the church at Philippi while he is in prison. But we see something else. The text shows us that Paul's thanksgiving was joyful. Look at verse 4 and verse 5. Always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. With thanksgiving, that joy comes. Thanksgiving that comes as a result of what the church at Philippi was involved in. They were involved in and participating in the gospel. And my question for us today, uh, are we participating in the gospel? Are we busy about the gospel? What does the gospel mean to us? Where does the gospel find its place in our hearts and in our lives? But there's something else. And we talked about this confidence. So as a result of the thanksgiving and the joy, the confidence that was there, verse 7 and verse 8, we see that that is the proper attitude that we should have when it comes to these. All prayed for them with joy because of their participation in the gospel. You know, we often wonder sometimes, and I hear this a lot, and I get concerned about this when I hear this. Well, how many gospel conversations did you have this week? Have we come to the place, have we come to the point that we're now just counting gospel presentations? And let me ask you another question What's a gospel presentation? are we sharing the gospel and let me share one other thing with you this morning it's more than just words that come out of our mouth the gospel should be something that we live out in our lives every single day paul's desire was that they would see jesus christ in him would he share the gospel sure he would would he preach the gospel? Sure he would. Would he proclaim the gospel? Sure he would. That's what Paul did. But Paul, saw, Paul also shared it with those, and anyone who was associated with Paul knew how important the gospel was in Paul's own life. Let me ask you this question this morning. How important is the gospel in your own life? Do we talk about it with the confidence that we ought to have? Do we understand the significance of what it means To be a part of the gospel. And the question comes down to this, are you taking part in the gospel today? Is it a part of your life and who you are? I will say this to you this morning. Verse 6 ought to be an encouragement to us today as believers. Because of this, there is hope and a future for God's people. Look at verse number 6 again. For I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, what God started in you through your salvation in Jesus Christ, he is going to bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ when he returns and takes us home. See, our salvation, our redemption is not complete until the purchased possession becomes and makes it into the hands of the possessor. The completion of our redemption will take place when we go home to be with the one who loves us so. You know, the scripture says we've been bought with a price. We've been purchased. We are no longer our own. We belong to him. And so our redemption will be complete when we go home to be with him. And I don't know about you, but Paul, with the absolute confidence knowing that what God started in him through the work of Jesus Christ and the gospel, he is going to bring it to completion. Now, I don't know about you, okay? But I'm looking forward to that day in my own life. Look at verse 12 through verse 26. as Paul speaks about the gospel. He said, Now, I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. Really? He's in prison. He's in prison. Let me, let, me, let, me just, let me just kind of share something with you. Did you know that we're here today as a result of the spreading of the gospel from the days of the early church, from the book of Acts? And my question is, what are we doing to carry it on? What are we looking to do as a sentient Baptist church in carrying on the gospel message? To see that even when we finish up here and, and we've completed all that we can do and, and we go home to be with the Lord, is this work going to continue on? I will say this to you this morning. It will continue on as long as the word and the gospel has the preeminence in this place. And it is what is taught and it is what is preached. As a result of that, it will continue on. Because it's what, it's what changes the lives and the hearts of people. But let me tell you something that it's going to take. It's going to take for God's people today to become engaged and to get excited about what we have in the gospel in Jesus Christ. And until such time that we do that and understand how important the gospel ought to be to our hearts and lives. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many of us get tired sometimes of being told no over and over again when we share the gospel? Sure we do. I think if everybody in here, did you know what the number one reason that most people won't share the gospel message? You want to know what the number one reason is? Let me give you the number one reason. It's rejection. We're afraid they're going to tell us no. We're afraid they're going to uh, just probably get mad with us or whatever. Well, let me ask you a question. If they die without Jesus Christ and you never said a word to them, how would you feel then? That's how important it is. Matter of fact, I had a conversation with someone just this morning that the Holy Spirit pressed upon their heart to send them a letter because they had lost contact with them over the years and, and, and he sat down and he wrote him a letter and he said, he said I, just, I had to share with him Jesus Christ in the letter not knowing whether or not they knew Jesus Christ as their personal savior and they just shared with me this morning that the very one that he wrote the letter to has since died and the question remains I wonder if someone was able to speak with him before he died about Jesus Christ. Now, my question to, to all of us in this room this morning is how much does it move us? How much does it move us today when we consider that if someone dies without Jesus Christ, do we understand? And let me say something to you this morning. I hate to tell you this, but there is no such thing as post-mortem opportunity. In other words, there is no, there, there is no other choice after death comes. And I know that's a, that's a new message that's being touted today, that even though you die, you still are going to have an opportunity to find yourself in the presence of the Lord for all of eternity. I hate to tell you this this morning, but according to the Scripture, when you die, if you die without Jesus Christ, there is no more opportunity for you. That's why it's so important. And that's why Paul spends this whole opening of this letter to the church at Philippi. And guess what he does? He deals with the centrality of the gospel message. Look at verse 13. So that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole praetorian Guard and to everyone else. In other words, when Paul and Silas were in prison and they began to sing praises at midnight... And when they were set free, the Philippian jailer and his whole household were saved as a result of what they heard and saw in Paul. After the prison bars were open and Paul and Silas found their way out, they didn't run off and go try to hide somewhere. Guess what? No, they said, told the Philippian jailer, just hold on just a minute. Let us share with you the truth. That's what gave Paul the confidence that he has that's how Paul is able to write to the church at Philippi the way that he did and look at verse 14 Paul goes on to say and that most of the brethren trusted in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear how in the world could Paul find such joy being in prison let me tell you why because it was in his imprisonment that the gospel message was finding a greater progression than when he was outside of prison It didn't stop. Just because Paul had been put in prison didn't end the gospel message. And my dear friend, for Ascension Baptist Church, just because some of us may go home to be with the Lord doesn't mean that the gospel quits. It doesn't mean that the gospel comes to an end or comes to a close. What it ought to do is it ought to encourage us. I don't know about you, but doing funerals for many of those believers Out of our uh, uh, church here that have gone home to be with the Lord. Let me tell you what, sometimes you get just, you know, you just, all the things they've read about, all the things that they had heard, all the things that had been a part of their life, now they were experiencing the joy of Christ Himself in the throne room of heaven. You know, sometimes you just wonder about that. I wonder what it would be like to be there. But notice the end of verse 14. They spoke the word, have far more courage to speak the word of God without what? Without fear. Knowing that we've shared the truth with them. Even, listen, even if they say no, even if they say, and let me tell you something. Sometimes, <laughs> I will say that it gets discouraging. It gets discouraging i know where I was before I got saved. And that was not a good place. Now, I'll just tell you. Matter of fact, it was a miserable place. I struggled every day trying to fill an emptiness inside of my heart with everything I could put my hands on. And I'd go to bed at night, I'd wake up the next day, and that same emptiness would be there. And it didn't make any difference what I tried to fill it with. That emptiness was always there. And matter of fact, the more you took to try to get it covered up, the more it took for you to get back to that feeling that you were there to try to cover up that emptiness that was in your heart. Everything I touched seemed to fall apart. I couldn't understand why. I, I just couldn't. It seemed like every every path I went down, every choice I made, it, things just came apart. And matter of fact, sitting one day, I was trying to figure out, Lord, what in the world. I mean, I was raised in church. I knew who God was. And I just couldn't understand. I said, I, I, matter of fact, this is the point I would got to. I thought I was losing my mind. There was one point in time in my life where I find myself pulled off on the side of the interstate on an exit. I don't know how long I was there. I don't know where I was. I don't know what was going on. I don't know what happened that brought me back to the point that I continued driving and got to where I needed to go. I was just absolutely at a point in my life, I just thought I was coming apart. And then I figured out what it was. And that's when I heard the gospel. You say, hadn't you heard it before? I had. But I heard probably one of the simplest, clearest presentations of the gospel that I had ever heard before. It's not about what you can do. It's all about what he's already done for you. And I thought, how simple but how profound of the gospel. It's not about what you've done. It's not about what you can do. It's not about where you are. It's not about where you've been. It's not about where you're going. It's all about what he's already done. Are you ready for this? that's why it's called the free gift of grace but on July the 8th 1990 my whole entire life changed changed right in front of my eyes matter of fact I never will forget I went to bed that night woke up that next day with a joy in my heart that I could not explain matter of fact the whole entire book of Philippians Paul deals with the subject of joy how could Paul have such joy in prison beaten run out of town half stoned to death and the list goes on and on and on but how could he have such joy i'll tell you why it's because of what the gospel can do in your heart and life when you allow it to be the center of who you are and what you do paul goes on in verse 15 and notice what he said some to be sure are preaching christ even from envy and strife but some also from goodwill in other words, Paul said there are some preaching the gospel with a wrong motive, but yet there are some preaching the gospel with the right motive. Notice verse 16, he says, The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. What then? You know, I love the questions of Paul. I love going through just going through his letters and read the questions that Paul asked so he asked another question here in verse 18 he said what then only that in every way whether in pretense or in truth Christ is proclaimed and notice what he said Christ is being proclaimed the gospel is being proclaimed and as a result of that guess what Paul says I rejoice there is joy why because the gospel of Jesus Christ is being proclaimed And let me say this to you this morning God didn't call you to save anybody. All y'all go, that's right. He didn't call us to save anybody. Let me tell you what He called us to do is to share the gospel, to plant the seed of the gospel. And as we plant the seed of the gospel and the word finds itself in the heart, the Holy Spirit then can use that to bring about conviction. And conviction can bring about salvation in the heart and life of an individual. The work of the Holy Spirit, the work of the word of God in the life of an unbeliever can bring about salvation and can bring about joy in their heart and life with a joy unspeakable. In the end of verse number 18, notice what Paul says, Yes, and I will rejoice. Whoo! Y'all got enough joy yet? Huh? Do you? Folks, listen to me. This thing ain't over. You know, so I've run into people over the last few weeks, and they think, what are we going to do now we're going to keep right on going regardless of where we find ourselves the gospel's not dead Jesus Christ is not dead he's still alive and my dear friend the gospel has the power today to save and to change people's lives that has not changed today Paul's joy wasn't in his circumstances. Paul's joy was not in the people around him other than those who would come to encourage his own heart and life and in the churches he had a part in. But it wasn't predicated on that. Let me tell you where Paul found his joy. In the relationship that he had with Jesus Christ. Then to finish up, verse 19 and verse 24, I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ according to my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything but that with all boldness Christ will even now as always be exalted in my body whether by life or by death and many of us quote this verse for me to live is Christ." and to die is gain. gay Whew, I don't know about you but what a view to have about life you see the gospel was not only a part of their fellowship it was also its goal what's our goal what is our goal our goal ought to be the gospel had it not been for the gospel they would not have met do you realize that if it had not been for the gospel they would not have met their support of Paul they contributed to the work of the God in the world because of the gospel so when the Philippians were converted they were given the watch this the privilege of sharing the gospel when God saved you you have the privilege to share the gospel Do we look at it as a privilege? I hope you do. Paul did not say in spite of these events. Watch this. He never said in spite of them. Here's what he said. Writing to the church at at Philippi. It's because of them and it's through them that I have this joy. So here's something I want you to finish with this morning. You answer this one. For to me to live is Christ and die is gain. Verse 21, Philippians chapter number 1. But you finish this one. Because that's a valuable test for our own lives. So you fill in the blanks. For to me to live is blank. And to die is blank. Where are you at in your own life? You fill in the blanks. I trust that you will fill them in as Paul did, for me to live as Christ and to die is what is gain. Paul's view of life—how could he have such joy? I'll tell you why—it's because of the gospel. It changed his life. Amen. Let's bow our heads together, Father. We thank you for for Paul's opening of his letter to the church at Philippi and Father for the encouragement and and the joy that we see in Paul's own life and it was difficult for Paul the hours and the miles of traveling the the difficulties and, and just all of those things associated with this travel his imprisonment, his stoning, his beatings, all because of the gospel. But at the end of the day, Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Oh, Father, may that be a heartbeat of who we are today. Even in light of where we are today and where we find ourselves today, and the difficulties that we find ourselves in, May we understand and realize just how important the gospel is. And so, Father, this morning, I pray for those who may be here today, maybe watching online with us that do not know Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. Father, I pray that today they will not wait, but today they'll put their trust and faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ and give their heart and life to you and forever change their life from this day forward. Father, whatever the case may be today, whether it's to follow the Lord in scriptural baptism, to become a part of a local New Testament church, whatever it may be, Father, may we surrender ourselves completely to you and be obedient to what you've called us to do. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name and for his sake. I'm going to ask you to stand together with me. Brother Ed's going to come lead us now in a hymn of invitation this morning entitled, I Surrender All. Have we, do we, surrender ourselves to the gospel? As Brother Red leads us this morning together as we sing this together today.
1: Oh, to Jesus I surrender, oh, to Him I free. Take
0: the service where we have an opportunity to give back to the lord a portion of that that he has so richly blessed us with we still have all of our online giving means is still available to everyone uh, through online but also we are also receiving the offering here in the church uh, we'll do so again this morning but before we pray and before we take up the offering I just have something that I want to share with you for all of us to celebrate about this morning. We have two individuals here who just recently reached a milestone in their wedded bliss. And that is Brother Tommy and Miss Lucy Goodson up here, just celebrated. He's still alive today, 50 years of wonderful marriage. So let's give them a big... They both said they'd be available after the service if you want to ask him any questions uh, about the 50 years. But no, let's pray, and we'll receive the offering this morning. and, uh, And just so good to see you here today. Father, we love you. We thank you for the privilege and the opportunity that we have to give back to you a portion of that that you've so richly blessed us with. Take these offerings this morning and use them for the furtherance of your kingdom not only here, but around the world. And we ask all of this in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. You can be seated. can encourage you with this tonight at six o'clock uh we will be back here on the campus and uh going to be uh kind of drawing the 12 tribes of israel into the last days and the significance of them you get to the book of the revelation two tribes are missing the dan of ephraim what in the world happened to dan and ephraim why they're not listed there and uh so we'll be talking about that tonight so i would encourage you for that and then also uh the students um Oh, connection cards, yes. Thank you. Let's not forget the connection cards. If you're here for the first time or it's been a long time since you've been here with us, don't forget about the connection cards. I know you don't physically have one in front of you, but there are online through our digital means, okay? We'd love to be able to connect with you, so if you'd log on to our website and uh, fill one of those out for us, we'd appreciate that so very much. Anything else I missed today before we do Students tonight, right? Okay. Students tonight on the campus as well. uh, at 6 o'clock and fellowship afterwards and so we encourage everybody to uh, be back here tonight Amen? And uh, we're looking forward to it. Let's stand and we'll be dismissed in a word of prayer Let's bow our heads together as we pray. Father we thank you for the time together today. Father we thank you for your word. Father I thank you that we can draw from the confidence of the Apostle Paul as he wrote to the church at Philippi Father, just how important the gospel is. Father, may we carry it with us everywhere we go, not only from words that are spoken from our mouths, but, Father, also lived out in our lives every day. I pray that you'd keep us safe as we travel from this place. Bring us back again the next appointed time, and we'll be careful to thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed.